On this episode of Whale Cave, Jerry Minor talks about groupies for Parliament Funkadelic, Jason Nash has a side gig running karaoke, and host Matt Price gets mean on the elliptical. Whale Cave's second season starts now. Everybody. Welcome back to Whale Cave. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Matt Price. We're back. 2013. Haven't done a, a Whale Cave in about a month. Took a bit of a break. But here we sit in the 2013. There's no good way to say 2013, I've learned. It's, I've tried to do like 2012 sounded cool. 2010. 2013, it's like trying to, trying to do it. The 2013. Nope. No, nothing is working, but this show isn't about that, everybody. It's not about the calendar, <laughs> what you're calling the years. That's a different podcast I do called Mad and the Year Calling. No, this is Whale Cave. Uh, people come on, funny people come on and tell stories that are related to music. Uh, great guest today, Jerry Miner's here, Jason Nash is here, and that song you just heard was from Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. It's called How Long Do I Have to Wait?, I'm going to play some of Sharon Jones and the Dab Kings throughout the show. I'm a huge fan of hers and her band. And they are, like my new Twitter account, they are blowing up, everybody. I've got about 20 followers. She's got about 23. We're neck and neck. Um, oh, speaking of Twitter, at whalecave.com if you want to. Uh, here, I'm going to get some stuff out of the way. At whalecave is the Twitter account. Uh, you can email me at matt at whalecave.com or uh, go to iTunes and uh, write a review or something. That's the business. I'm going to be more businessy in 2003 because that's what people want. People want the business. Um, okay, so New Year, real quick before uh, Jerry, uh, we uh, talk to Jerry. Um, New Year's resolution. You know, I feel like every year I make the same thing. I'm like, uh, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. It's not an original thing, but it's usually related to the year. So I'm like, I'm going to lose 13 and 13. Like, that's the <laughs> the stupid resolution I make. So I made a mix. Uh, I made a mix. And this mix that I'm listening to at the gym, it's a lot of hip-hop, a lot of just upbeat. You know, it's got, like, some uh, everything from, like, Childish Gambino. It's got some Kesha on there. I'm not going to lie. goes to Eric B. and Rakim. And I'm working out... And I always feel like, because I don't work out, I, it, I usually work out a lot in Januaries. Like, when the resolution passes, I'm like, uh, you know, when it's when it's starting up. So I'm working out, and I always realize, like, when I'm working out, I'm, like, on the elliptical, like, you know, listening to, like, you know, Chitty Bang, whatever I'm listening to, Eric B., and I'm, like, I'm feeling all hard, you know, I feel like, and I'm, I'm <laughs> sweating, I'm, like, I've kind of got, like, that New York subway snarl on, I'm, like, looking at people around me, like, yeah, you don't know me. You don't know me. Like, I look around, like a pregnant woman to my left, like, you don't know Matt Price. Like, saying, you know, guy <laughs> grunting to my right, I'm, like, doing the pre-core, like, feeling all hard. Like, I'm, I'm taking you down. Like, I don't know why, but I'm getting really amped up. And then this always happens, too. Then I'll go and just kind of in between pre-core uh, sessions, I'll wash my face and I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, oh, no, you're just like a little bald dude. <laughs> just a little bald dude who really likes, you know... Homeland and uh, flavored popcorn. Like, you're just calm down. 
So then I get back. So that literally, I had this sort of little realization. I get back on the pre-court, and the woman, and this is apropos of nothing, the woman next to me, the pregnant woman, farts. <laughs> and that also brought me back, because then I'm like, ah, you know, then I'm like, ah, you are that little bald guy who thinks that's funny. And by the way, I got a lot of love for the pregnant women, because my wife, you know, pregnant women fart. Their, their organs are jostled around, and uh, there's a lot of things pushing down on the guests. Anyway, <laughs> this, isn't about, this podcast also isn't about farting. It's about uh, people telling stories. All right. Let's officially get this wheel kid started, shall we? That, was, that song was How Do I Let a Good Man Down by Sharon Jones from the Dab Kings. Off their Naturally CD. Download it, everybody. Um, illegally? Download it illegally, everybody. <laughs> no, don't. That's Jerry Miner who suggested that. I know it was. That illegal. <laughs> so Jerry Miner, our first guest. Thank you. Thanks for being here on Whale Cave. Oh, thank first you for First guest in 2013. I wanted, as I said, right. I wanted to mention, uh, you've been on a million things on TV. A but million, yeah. recently, I mean, the thing I, I really love, that's, the show that's on recently is um, uh, Delocate. It's one of my favorite shows. Ah, yes. And uh, you were Mighty Joe John the Black Blonde. Yes. And uh, you were hilarious. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, as you always, as you always are. But I, I'm. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, you, I feel like you and I have talked about seeing concerts, just like hanging out. Maybe, yeah. We talked about a lot of things. I don't know if we talked about this particular. No, concert. not this one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't know why it would it's come up. But I feel like we just have. And uh, but you said you had you went to one when you were younger. Yes, this is actually the first concert I ever oh. went to. Yeah. Wow. I was 11, mm-hmm. I believe, 6th grade, so yeah, 11, um, and the concert was a Parliament Funkadelic uh, <laughs> in, in Flint, Michigan, Flint IMA Arena. Wow. Cool. And yeah. they, I'm so sorry. it was 1979, I think, uh-huh. 78, 79, somewhere in there. In their heyday. In their, yeah, right in the middle of their heyday. That's right there. Uh, I think Motor Booty Affair was the album that was on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the single was Flashlight. I think it was a big single, but yeah. uh, there was a there was a few off of that album. That was a pretty big album, and also the last the last time they came to Flint, actually, um, and we knew that was going to be the last time we would come to Flint. To do a little background, because Flint was at at that point in time, even in '79, it was starting to decline, and we knew that that sports arena would be closed, and so we also knew that like a lot of concerts would come through there. Yeah, who's um, playing it? I mean, what sports are playing it at Flint? Like, um, they, they still they still do have the minor league hockey team, but this was they oh, had really? a, they had a sports arena and an auditorium. This was the auditorium, and we knew it was going to be torn down. Hmm. I guess in the next few years, there was a big um, project that went up after that called um, Auto World. That I, I don't know if you remember in the Roger and Me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But that that the destruction of that arena was part of that. Oh uh. yeah. So uh, so we knew that was going to be the last time that Parliament Funkadelic would actually come to Flint, Michigan. Um, back then, they would do those circuits. They would do, like, these small towns like Flint, Saginaw, you know. Um, you don't see, you know, people. No. They don't do that anymore. No. Unless you're a band that's starting out, you might do some small, um, you know, areas. But there was actually an arena, and it probably, or uh, an auditorium, probably seated, I would say, at least 5,000. And there were like a thousand people in Parliament back then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was. I mean, this is like, going to be a part of my story too, of all the people. That yeah. Were 
Uh, obviously, I, I mean, it was, it was just, they, they were at their heyday. It was huge. I mean, I think that was like the the biggest group um, in, in my neighborhood that that people listened to. Um, my sister was a huge fan, and that was how uh, I got tickets. Now, was um, she your older sister, younger sister? Yeah. So at that point, she would have been eight years older than me. Oh, okay. So she would have been like 19, 18. Okay. So she was like a senior in high school. And she, I, she obviously knew what she was doing. I, I, I've got to have this discussion with her. I haven't yet. Uh, or with my brother. Uh, my brother was four years older than me. So he's like in junior high. Uh, and uh, she just gets us those tickets. Our parents have no idea what Parliament Funkadelic is. Uh, <laughs> my sister had all the albums, and I, I had one album. I remember I got it, and and I remember looking inside the album and the jacket cover and going like, I better not show my parents this album. Yeah, uh, there's some kind of suggestive stuff in here. Was that when the artwork? I know the artwork at some point really turned a corner and got really suggestive. A lot like, of booties, a lot and of booties, titties, yeah. and yeah. there's even like in that in that album in the Crazy, uh, Motor yeah. Booty Affair, it had a, the the jacket cover opened up, and there was a little like there was a sea kind of cartoon scape thing, yeah. and all the characters were people from the band, mm-hmm. you know, like Sir Noah's Devoid of Funk and yeah. <laughs> Doctor Funkenstein <laughs> and the Brides of Funkenstein. Yeah, I was gonna say the bride, right? I'll- so they're all in this thing, in this cartoon, and then there's a little part where it's like a pop-up where you can like actually, you know, those things are like Mad Magazine or whatever, where you can actually fold something up and it pops up, uh-huh. and it was a little like seashell that popped up, and behind it, it was a couple fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you could just pop up and hit this so they could have their privacy from the rest of the cartoon. Yeah. And they're fucking, and the guy's like doing the fucking Parliament funkadelic sign and looking back at who's ever drawing it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm getting, this. yeah. Um, Thanks for drawing me. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, in my mind, in my sixth grade mind, putting that together. Like, she's sitting on his lap. I don't know, but she's got ears because she was like a space alien because everything was space. And uh-huh. but they're in, but they're in the, under the sea. And he, he, would he actually fuck the alien? I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting you're getting to the logic, yes, the parliament so, logic. Anyway, my sister got us these uh, these tickets, and, I, and like I said, my parents had no idea what this music was, what this group they were taking us to. My dad dropped us off, and I didn't live with my uh, my brother and sister. I lived with my mom. They were my stepbrother and sister from my dad's second marriage. So I lived a pretty sheltered life by myself. When I wasn't at my dad's house, when I was just with my mom, she was a Jehovah's Witness, really religious. So um, I don't think she even had an idea of what I was, I was even going to a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad dropped me and my brother off at the front, of the, <laughs> front door of this concert. And um, I, oh, another thing I want to mention, too, is that there was a group of kids that I went to school with that were in my class, my sixth grade class, whose uh, apparently their mothers were groupies. Um, because they would talk, two brothers, uh, their mother, they would talk about their mother and how the band, like whenever Parliament Funk Duck was in town, they're like, they were at our house last night. And all the kids would be like, yeah, get out of here. And then the next day, they'd have like drumsticks and guitars and shit. <laughs> and we'd be like, where'd they get the... And I, even as my, my little kid mind was like, it's probably some like people who are connected kind of, you know, off with the band or have their own local band. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so put that to rest. I talked about the kids. I tell them I'm going to the concert, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, we'll see. Then my dad drops us off. We go uh, in the concert, and right away, it's 
it's just madness. Uh, you know, it's like they're what you see on stage. That's the whole audience, and especially back then, like people dressed up like the fucking characters. Mm. It's like. Um, you know, it was like Rocky uh, Horror. Rocky Horror, yeah, yeah. But people, but not just that, but like people would come up with their own like shit. Like, I'm my own spaceman. <laughs> right. Or this is, I put this, I made this cape on my suit, you know? Yeah. Just crazy, just crazy. And, and people dressed to the nines, the suits. I had my best Easter Sunday suit on. <laughs> I had like a. a <laughs> A three-piece vested suit. Uh, my brother had a suit on too. I think it was like a corduroy suit too. Like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but I was like dressed. Everybody, everybody's dressed to the to the nines, um, so to speak, back then. And we sit down, and immediately somebody passed me a joint. <laughs> me, like I'd, the concert hadn't even started, and there was like a, I think a, a comic came up, and he was like doing a little time, and everybody was booing him. And he's awful, and all this comedy was like, "You ever fart? Everybody, this is fart!" And people were like, "Ah, get out of here!" And somebody like just handed me a joint, and I smoked it. I was like eleven years old, I didn't even know what it was. People were handing me alcohol, like just and grown people like sitting next to me. I was sitting in the balcony of this concert, and grown people were just handing me shit. Like this is what we do, you know. And I'm noticing people like from my neighborhood and they're dressed up and I'm like, fuck, that's Charles, you know, I'm walking by and that's fucking, that's my older brother's friend. And, um, and the concert starts and at that point I'm, I'm, I'm sure I don't even know what high was, but I'm sure I'm just, I'm baked. Sure. Fucked up, you know, immediately. And those concerts are a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. Like that, at that point they were using a big giant skull at some point. Uh, for like for the opening of the second act, uh, Kurt would open up and there was like um, a 20-foot skull on stage that talked. <laughs> and they like talked to the audience like, what's up, everybody? And I'm just like, going crazy. I'm like, that fucking thing is moving. It's like, that's, how can they do that? And um, it asked for a joint. And, you know, of course, everybody in the audience is like, yeah. And uh, somebody comes out <laughs> with this fucking huge like 10-foot joint. And puts it in the skull's mouth <laughs> and gets a blowtorch and lights it. And I remember the skull going, this ain't no angel dust, is it? <laughs> that, f- that shit will fuck up your mind. <laughs> um, the skull and, and, doesn't want to yeah, die. You know? Lit it up and it was great. But during the second act, um, you know, the, the Parliament Funk Dogs notorious for getting like a million people up on stage. And they're doing this song. That probably lasts 20 minutes. Just one song. Just like... (laughs) And everybody on stage has some instrument. Like, they're all beating something. Like a drumstick or a fucking kettlebell or a cowbell or something. And um, there's just a million people on stage. And then there's these little kids up in the front dancing. And they're my fucking friends. <laughs> they were kind of they got up on stage, they're dancing. I was like, holy shit! And I'm the only person in the concert going like, Dave, like, Dave. Uh, um, so uh, anyway, great, great concert, three hours. Um, I didn't know what a hangover was, but immediately, like my ears were just ringing, and it was probably from the noise, but combination of noise and drugs and. And the alcohol, whatever I had, um, but I was just completely like I don't know what was happening. How we were gonna find my dad? I had no idea. <laughs> I was pretty much just holding on to my brother's like jacket tail, and to you know get out of there. And it was just you know you know what concerts are afterwards, and especially yeah in the seventies and seventy nine, it was just there's a madhouse. You know, people offering me shit, trying to get me to buy shit, and I'm like I'm a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. Like yeah. <laughs> yo yo bro, you want to buy some weed? Like, I don't I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. I don't. <laughs> 
Uh, we find my dad. I get home. Um, I remember I somehow I got uh, a um, one of those party favor things, uh, glow in the dark things. I don't know how I got it. I mean, maybe my brother bought it for me or something. But I remember like finding it when I got home. I'm like, oh, I got one of those things, and um, no way I was going to school. <laughs> I woke up for school and I was just like, uh, Mama, I can't. Yeah. I don't think I can do it. And she's like, What's wrong? I'm like, I can't hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Still I, high. I, but I think I did go to half of. I think I did, went to half a day. I went to like. <laughs> my mother made me go to well, that's good. school. Yeah. And I remembered uh, my seeing my friend there and we were just like, Ah, you on stage. <laughs> yeah. My mom hooked up with Bootsy Collins. Uh, yeah, no, I was yeah. Like, yeah. She's still yeah. She's still sleeping in my mom's Bootsy's bed. Bootsy's right on now. our couch. <laughs> Whoa. Yep, that's that's it. Man. Now did that did you did your brother did you listen to a lot of their music? Did they like from that point where you like oh I got to go to everything with you guys or were you just was that just a one shot that was one shot uh, my mother never let me go to another concert after she that. found out well she didn't know but she knew she like, smelled was, the the weed <laughs> probably yeah but she knew this like yeah that's whatever happened last night was not good because he couldn't go he couldn't get up right <laughs> yeah um, yeah so it was a one shot but I did yeah listen to their music I was a huge fan that yeah was everybody and also they were from that area from the Detroit area you know. So um, everybody was huge fans of them. Yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering if you went back ever, like if you had a. I've seen him. I've met him. You before. met George Clinton. I met George Clinton. What yeah, was he like? like? Years later, um, he stank really bad. You know that whole. When did you? How thing? old were you? Like when you that met was him? real. Like that. They they didn't take showers. Like that was a. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a documentary about them, and it said they were like in the studio, and they were like, "Till we finish." That's right. Till we finish. Yeah. Till we get off the mothership. We're not going to shower, and he still talks like that. Like you know, well, the other the other guys that they were interviewing that were in the band, even Bootsy Collins, they seemed like they had grown up and matured a little bit, you know, and like they're more like you know pretty articulate. Yeah. And he still had the same like, hey man, it's groovy, baby, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't care, you know. Yeah, he still. I haven't like, showered since 1983. Well, he's a you know, it was a hip. It was part of the hippie movement, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember, even as a kid, I would go back and listen to the albums that you know were before. Um, before the current ones that I was listening to then, and you know, listen like Maggot Brain and stuff like that, I kind of got the feeling of like, oh, that's what these guys are. They're yeah, kind of so, anarchists in a way. Yeah. What, did, when you met him, how did like in what context did you meet him? Was um, it working on something or yeah, like, uh, some VH1 thing. One of those. Did you tell? Remember, I mean, did you tell him you were a fan? Did it was it like? Oh, I course, feel like yeah. some people have come on oh, the show yeah, and they yeah. met people and they've either been disappointed or they've been like. No, yeah. I mean, he was, like, so blazed and laid back that, you know, it was like I, I figured I wouldn't get a whole bunch of information and it, it couldn't get a lot of, like, reminiscing, right. like, hey, remember? Yeah. That, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But he did talk about he did have a farm, like, in Atlas County, which is, if you're not from Michigan, it doesn't make any difference. But it was, like, this weird thing of, like, yeah, I heard you had a farm. It's like, oh, yeah, I got a house, you know, <laughs> I have a farm out there. A lot of property. You asked him if he knew Dave. If he remembered Dave. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, that was man. something I, I I should have asked him. Although yeah. I've seen that my friend's mom kids later on. Yeah, I should have asked. Him. Well, I'm sure he didn't remember them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean Beatrice and Flit? Oh, yeah, yeah, man, those kids. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. next time. I had a feeling too that 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 their mom, that the kids' moms, or I mean their moms, like there must have been a mother and a sister or whatever. There were a couple women were performers in some way or something. So they had some connection 
performing wise to them i think like they must have known them were they trying to get into the brides of funkenstein maybe maybe they were in i don't know at one point yeah. in time alternates alternates or you know brides they knew, maids of funkenstein they were from that area they knew them you know yeah school with them or something i don't know i can't imagine in flint i just feel like that must have been crazier than you know just that show just must have been the epitome of yeah, of, of what they were about, like just you know hanging out, craziness. And from what I remember too, and back then they would do different things in different cities too, because people would go like, "Oh, I'm going to the Detroit concert," and like, "Oh, they had a fish tank down there." And it's like, <laughs> oh, Flint, they had a fucking skull. Like, yeah, that, it's like they used to do that shit. You know? Yeah, they travel around and do different stages. Yeah. Like you never see that now. You see the jacket pants they had? <laughs> Did that was the mothership on that show? Or was that later? It wasn't. That was earlier. That was the oh, that was earlier. The Mothership Connection was the album before that one. Because I feel like if you were eleven and you were high and you saw a giant ship come down from the ceiling, you'd probably just retire from entertainment. Like you that could, was the there's one nothing where that could beat that. My sister went to that concert and I remember her telling us about that. And that was when she was saying like, "You got to go to this concert." Like, she oh, was okay. Like, it came out of a ship and you know, like it was crazy. It came out of the sky and he came out of the ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and in this one, uh, in the Motor Booty Affair, they uh, they did <laughs> the like a seascape thing. kind of thing where they had people on wires and it looked like they were in the ocean, mm-hmm. kind of like floating around. And shit. Oh man, I think it's crazy now that you can hear, you can turn on Mo or not. Mo, I mean, not now actually, but in the '90s, any rap, basically any note Parliament ever played. And it was there. Well, they sampled he, so much of that stuff. He was really um, generous with giving people uh, samples too for free. I guess at, at, at one point in time, like he was really, like was would be like, yeah, take it. Never challenge anybody on uh, on using the stuff. You were. I feel like you were there. You were seeing the future of rap. I, you, that, I've. I feel like that too. I mean, um, even then, Detroit was. Um, uh, was back then a, a big music scene, and um, it was you know the birthplace of techno, uh, and that all that kind of stuff was. I, I remember seeing the bridge from like the Parliament Funkadelic kind of stuff, and then people started kind of grasping onto the European stuff, craft work and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then this, this just this this scene just started happening, or it was kind of a mixture of just funk disco kind of stuff and then the stuff they were doing in Europe and then all of a sudden people are you know this it didn't call it techno then it was just this mm-hmm. music that everybody was trying to do yeah and then and it so we were doing that in Detroit and I remember at the same time going to New York in like the eighth grade and they were kind of it seemed like I'm like you seem like you're picking up on the techno thing a little bit but they were doing something different with rapping and and breakdancing and stuff like that um, and then in Chicago they kind of picked up on the techno thing, but it was becoming this house kind of. It was more disco. Um, but I remember that going to different, those different cities at that age and seeing, like, and had my friends going, like, oh, this is what we're listening to. Um, when you uh, – it made me think, when you were a kid and you were list- seeing that happen, were you, like – were you? I mean, I'm thinking when I was 11. Like, my mom took me to see the Beach Boys when I was 11. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it was the most, you know – that's awesome. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess when you were 11, the Beach Boys weren't awesome then. No, Was that they like weren't. during the Kokomo time? Yeah, it was It was probably the Kokomo tour. Yeah. You know? yeah, that wasn't... There was no, you know, skull on stage. No, there was a lot of... Brian like, Wilson had been kicked out. Like, it wasn't... 
I think, yeah, he was long gone. I mean, anyway, mm-hmm. but it was such a, like, <laughs> I can't imagine going alone to a show. I don't know. I did, when you were, were you freaked out when you were there? I mean, you well, sound like you're pretty, like, mellow. I was freaked, yeah, I was freaked out. I, I knew immediately, like, I should not be here by myself. I'm a child. Like, this is, <laughs> somebody made a mistake with this one. Right. And then my sister was just so But your sister and your brother, like, were, they, were they there? I mean, they no, didn't, No, like, my dad dropped us off. My brother was there, but he was only, like, four years older than me, so... Yeah, no. Like they didn't go off and find their friends or anything. You were all hanging out. It was just me and my brother. My sister was 19. She was in college. So (laughs) she was, I don't know what. (laughs) I mean, yeah, so nobody knew what was going on. Wow. Absolutely no one. Because I would have, but it didn't deter you from going to shows, obviously. I guess I'm wondering if me, like I would have been like freaked. Uh, No, it freaked me out. um, But uh, no, I mean, and I, like I said, my mother knew what was going on. I never went to any concerts again as a teenager until I like became an adult. So I went, like, went to college. When I went oh, okay. Home. So there was a little break. A long break, yeah. yeah, until I saw another show, to any other show. Because I remember one of the first shows I saw with my friends alone was Prince when I was a junior in high school. That was probably the next. And it was crazy. That was I the next it. thing that I saw. Yeah. Probably Prince, Madonna, like after high school. Wow. Yeah. 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 More, yeah, it sounds like I'm trying to think if I went alone. Yeah, I would have been freaked out. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was because I was a little freaked out at the Beach Boys with my mom next to me. Oh, it was the most. That freak- says more about me, though. <laughs> I, I would be freaked out now. I, I imagine you know yeah. going to a problem at Funkadelic concert back then. It was crazy. It was David Bowie and mm-hmm. you know and everything under the the, the, the uh, Grateful Dead. You know, it was that kind of attitude. It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, I've seen footage of that, the, the Mothership show, and it just seems like it, there's so much happening on stage. And and he, I've heard George Clinton talk about it, too, basically saying, like, we just, people just played. We couldn't really hear each other. So it just sounds like a lot of noise at times. Yeah. You know? Oh, like, yeah. Not like their studio albums or anything, but it was just, like, people just playing jam. pretty high. Yep. Kind of jamming on their own. Yeah. So it was, like, 20 people were kind of jamming. Yeah. And they're doing the same, like the same song. It's like, how long are they going to keep on this hook? Yeah. You know, they're just going to play forever. Play forever. And uh, the crowd's just insane, just going crazy. Just people roller skating. I saw a million fights. It was just like I was sitting in the balcony, so I could just see these fights breaking out all over the place. Wow. Man. I want to track down Dave's mom now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have her number. We couldn't call her. No, but, uh, I saw those, th- those two brothers... Um, How'd they do? Th- well, this was, it was after we graduated high school, after graduating because I l- kind of lost track of them after sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> after that them. show. <laughs> and they were still kind of like rock dudes, like they were like, you know, like leather, like jacket, like hangout, burnout kind of dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if you go to a couple of those shows. Yeah. I mean, it was just, maybe it's just the influence, but they were kind of like um, weird, like black rockers kind of dudes hmm. strange like they were kind of like in the heavy metal back back then well if you want to get them out we could have a reunion here i have no idea even what their last names are i wish i knew well track we got a good research team here i, I my brother though, show. I, I do want to ask my brother about that what he remembers about it <laughs> yeah my sister my sister was younger than me but she had cooler music so i feel like i mean it sounds like you and your brother were in the same boat like you both didn't really know what the hell was happening 
No. Yeah, he was just as like, I mean, maybe he acted like he was a little bit more like, I know what's going on, but he was just as like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, skull with joint. Yeah. That's, that's really how you say. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Jerry Miner, everybody. That song is called Giving Up by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. And before that, Jay Minor telling us about a, going to see P-Funk in Flint, Michigan as a youth. Man, I really, I know I harped on it. I came back to it because I was really envisioning myself as a, as a sixth grader with my sweatpants <laughs> in the middle of like Rosemont Horizon yeah. outside of Chicago somewhere. I, God, because I got freaked out. Man, well, that's me, though. I get freaked out. <laughs> I'm a bad, you know, I get freaked out reading the magazine on my couch. <laughs> so it's probably it's probably not great to compare myself. Um, my sister, too. My sister had, um, uh, she had way cooler music than I do as a kid. She doesn't, she's not, the, I, I love my sister. She, I think her cool, she was a very cool kid. Like, she, she was the kind of kid when she was, like, eight, she was like, ugh. I don't have any U2 after Joshua Tree. Like, she was just way, just new cool music. She would have, I don't think she knew about P-Funk, but she told me about some cool music. Um, I don't. I, I was getting into that my sister's not cool now. That's not true. She's great. Just different. That's all. All right, listen. I'm going to bring on a, a friend of mine, known for a long time, sitting across from me. Jason Nash, everybody. What's up, Nat Price? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Are we? This is the music show, right? We're going to do impressions. This is we don't. We do Dave Matthews. I've Neil never Diamond. done. My, I've never done my Dave. Oh, Matthews. it's not a. I thought it was a music show. No, it, yeah, we just don't do. We keep it, you know. It's story based. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want to whip out your Dave Matthews. Hi, do- I'm the proudest monkey. <laughs> That's all I'll do. You've ever seen. All right. First time. 2013. 2013. Uh, uh, I used to love when you do Dave Matthews. I know. You and Dave Nichol love when I do Dave Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Matthews is just that guy that he's just right in the sweet spot, man. He just does what he does. And the people that love him work hard. And and they fucking play. play they work hard? They play Frisbee with their like dog. collar? Huh? Like they're, they're blue collar? No, they're like, more tech people. Okay. They're all tech people. And, they're um, all like 45. They all wear flip-flops to work mm-hmm. and cargo shorts. Super jovial. They all are 15 pounds overweight. <laughs> and they play ultimate frisbee. I'm 13 frisbee. pounds overweight, if you heard the beginning of the show. Well, there you go. So I'm a big fan of his. I'm sat online. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's oh, I love it. Like a diamond. We're not doing impressions. We're not doing impressions. But I will say my one day Matthews thing now is that I thought he disappeared. And then um, we every morning when we make my daughter, my two-year-old daughter breakfast, we put on the adult alternative station on our uh, on direct TV, like the music station, mm-hmm. you know? And so they play a lot of Jack Johnson. Oh, yeah. And they play a lot of Dave Matthews. Yeah. So I feel like my daughter, like her biggest music influences now are Barney. And yeah, she'll hear a lot of like, maybe. I can't do a good Jack Johnson. Yeah, you got to live in Hermosa Beach to listen to Jack Johnson. That's the only place really to listen to. You've got to date Jack Johnson to listen to Jack Johnson. You've got to be Jack Johnson to really love Jack. What station is this on, by the way? I wanted to know. 
this podcast? Yeah. What? Where can it's I? It's on the internet. Oh, it's on the internet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can get on iTunes. Okay. Is this a morning show? Is this? It's all day. Okay. Hey, listen. Let's talk about you. It's good we to see met. you, man. It's we great to see you. We're old friends. We're old, we're old f- friends. We're old friends, man. We are old we're friends. We're old friends. Don't try to play like we're not. Don't <laughs> say we're old friends at the beginning. Don't try to pretend Why like am I I'm Kit Ponjetti. I'm much closer to you than that. <laughs> I love Kit Ponjetti. You know She's great. I like Kit Ponjetti, too. But don't be trying to say... You can rewind this, and here I said we were old friends at the beginning. Okay, you're right. First you're thing right. I Actually, said, I remember you saying it now. I was going to talk about, <laughs> I was going to give you, you know, some background on Jason Nash, but nah. I, um, here's the background. I got sleep apnea. I'm old. Okay, I'm starting to get a barrel chest, like kind of a fat, fat around my chest. I mean, sure. the fat around my stomach was always there. It's risen up. Yeah, but now it's like I run. I look like I have cerebral palsy. It's very. I'm, wow. I'm in bad you shape. Just got sad. Yeah, I I just for men this morning. I mean, it's a uh, it's a real decline. You did what this morning? I just for men. You just for men? I put just for men oh, in my okay. hair this morning. I thought I missed. I thought for a second there. I, I How gray like. Does it get? Oh, it gets really gray on the side. It's just it's awful. Oh, you have gray on the side of your hair. Yeah, that's eh, fine. Yeah. Looks salt and pepper is the new thing. It's good. It just reminds me of a ticking clock. That's Listen, all. let's go back in time. Speaking of ticking clock, let's go back in time. Yeah. Okay, so I met you. I just want to set the scene a little bit. Yeah. Because we're going to cut out all that other stuff. <laughs> oh, no, we won't. I'm joking. Riff, I'm joking. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I'm joking. They don't know. Okay, so I met you in New York City in the in the mid-90s, late 90s. Yeah, man. And you were um, living in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, man. In this place that you called the Commune. The Commune, man. And they were... A Probably four dudes, sometimes five. Five dudes living in a two-bedroom, man. Okay. Uh, didn't need a lot of money for rent. That was the whole idea. Yep. 200 a month. 200 a month. Yep. And sometimes you took jobs. This is what I thought would be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. You took jobs that uh, were, uh, I don't know. You. I mean, I remember I met you working at MTV, but then in mm-hmm. between like that kind of job, you took some odd jobs. And one of them was- I hosted karaoke. You hosted karaoke. Yeah. Uh, for a guy out in Queens. Yep. And that always struck me as so funny. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it was good. It was good because it, it paid money. I think it paid like $50 a night. But I used to have to get on the train, go get the karaoke equipment, bring it back into the city to whatever bar I was at that night, host karaoke. And what did that entail, hosting karaoke? It was a lot of like babysitting drunk people. And I also, I was really weird at the time. I was really crazy at the time. Like I, I, I would do it in character. And, and what I, was the character? I would do it in this – it's looking back now, and this is what I wanted to talk about today because it was something that really sits with me and I think about all the time. I've never talked about it with anybody. And, uh, Exclusive. Yeah. You know, I did this character that was essentially a racist character. You it did? Was, it was, a, it was a, a character called the Reverend. And, and I would do this character, with, and he was, he was like an old black reverend. Right. And it was. It was like a, yeah, the whole thing it was, was like racist. a Baptist church. It right. was racist. Yeah. It was definitely racist. And so, and I have a really crazy l- love. I just have a weird thing about. I need to talk about this with somebody because, like, I, I, Black. Jerry's here and he'll understand. <laughs> Jerry and I. I saw, I saw you the and and so what? So I started doing this character, and and it was like you know he would he would I, I basically just took it from uh, coming to America. You remember in Coming to America when Arsenio Hall would do that reverend? Yeah, sure. I took it from that. I definitely stole it from that. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and I started doing it, and I had a friend, and everybody who lived in the commune was in the band. They were in the comedy band, and I would host karaoke on the side, and I I, I started doing this character, and one night, and I would do it around, and 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 uh, and uh, I would do it around the apartment, whatever, and the guy that I wrote with Jeff, he said, oh, we should write something, so we went out and we wrote, we would write these sermons, and and it went really well, and it would go really well, and it sure. was like it, people love it, the reverend, and you know, but it was racist. It was pretty racist. And racists are very loyal to com. They like comedy. That's interesting. And you did, but okay. But when you were in the bar doing the reverend, when I was in the bar, yeah, do a little reverend as if you're doing well, he karaoke. Would, he would in the talk bar. Like, like this, and he was. I would say, "Good morning, hello, everybody. We got a great night of karaoke tonight. Uh, we've got some Billy Joel on tap. Uh, where is Layla?" Where is Layla? <laughs> Layla B. Where is Layla B? <laughs> Here she is. Okay, sweetheart, are you ready? And she's like, I'm ready. And I'm like, oh, here's Layla B doing New York State of Mind. Right. Like that. And I would do that, right? Right, right? And, uh, and, uh, and the other thing about karaoke in New York is that everybody loved Billy Joel. E- everybody. Sure. Asian people, black people, Jewish. No, no, no. Jerry. Jerry Miner saying no. Broken English people. Such a love. Love <laughs> Billy Joel. It, it, they could not get enough. Hmm. I, I would say one out of every four songs requested was b- some kind of Billy Joel. Um, so, yeah, I would host karaoke, but then I just thought it would be interesting to talk about just doing a comedy band and doing this character, mm-hmm. which was like, it. it, it was the most... It was the most power I ever felt on stage. When you were the reverend. Yeah. Because just were, to let people know. So just to clarify, were, yeah. you also, okay, so you were doing this character. Right. The reverend, but then it kind of blossomed into this stage show We would where write, you were the reverend and the band, and then you did like a musical. I, I had a band, and the band were all people that lived in the commune, and it was, they were called the Church All-Stars, and they were all white too. And it was just, and it was, and we would do these sermons, and with the music behind you, you could really, you could fill out a lot of time. You could stop and not have to tell jokes. Mm-hmm. You could do 12, 15 minutes. And people were really, I, when I do stand-up, I've never felt what I felt doing that. And, uh, and then it became a good thing. Like I, I got on the Stella show with Michael Ian Black and, and mm-hmm. Showalter. Remember they had that huge show? Sure. And, and I was Heard of them. so excited, right? And, uh, and it, it felt great, you know? Mm-hmm. And then... Were you the toast of the town? I was doing really good. Yeah. And then... And then you met me and Mike. <laughs> no one, I was doing stuff with you. Things were going great. <laughs> and then I came out to L.A. to do it with them. To do the Reverend. To do the Reverend. Yeah, I remember that. And it fucking bombed. Mm. It bombed all mm. over. It was the worst. It was like a room full of... Really important people. Like I think like Judd Apatow was there, and they did their whole show, and then I came out in the end, and I did my my racist sermon, and uh, and and it just bombed, and then and then and then it just sort of went away, and then I never did it again, and it just kind of fizzled up, and it was it was a weird thing. It was just a weird moment in my life that was. That was strange. I mean, like putting together a comedy band too is silly. It doesn't go together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like band and comp, those shouldn't. There's only one. You mean you mean doing like a comedy music act? Yeah, doing a comedy music act. It's like a, 
it's like car seats in a Porsche. You know what I mean? It's like it just it just kind of ruins. It could never be cool. You well, know what I mean? Except for except for Tenacious D, I think they're the only ones. I think Garfunkel and Oates would disagree. That was a good bit that you did. Oh wait, no. What are they, isn't that what they're called? Oh, they I, oh, I thought you were talking about. Uh, I thought you were talking about the thing you and Mike used to do when you would do. Oh, Simon we did and Simon Garfunkel. Garfunkel, right? Yeah. I, I know you. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. It seems like there's a disconnect there. Someone came on the show, I forget who it was, and said you can really only do comedy music if the music's actually good. Who? What, do you remember, Matt? Who said that? Yeah, Greg Barrett said that. Like, the music's because Greg be doesn't act, has a band band. Like they actually are a band. Yeah, but they're, he they're doesn't do comedy music, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he was saying how if the music's good, like Tenacious D's music is good, like Garfunkel and Oates, their music. I don't know if you've heard them, but their I music never heard them. is good. Um, but it is hard. I feel like I've definitely done bits with music in it, and it's it's just hard unless the music. I I, I just I agreed with what he's saying. Yeah, but I think it can. I mean, I think it can work. There, people have also talked about how when they walked on stage. I've I've had the situation where I walked on stage with a guitar. Like I've gone, I performed at like the improv or something, right? And I'll feel like a jerk because I'll bring a guitar on, <laughs> and you can feel the audience being like, oh, "Okay, that's the worst." Lugging a guitar around, he's to gonna a do set. it. And then I do Dave Matthews and it kills. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> But what? So you're saying I'm. I'm actually want to go back to why. So you think it? You thought it was racist? But what? Looking back, did, it definitely was because I remember I saw Matt Walsh, who I really respected at the time. I mean, now you know, but you don't no, no one likes him now, right? No, of course we love Matt Walsh. But he had said to me, he goes, he goes, that character's black, like that. After I had killed one night, and I go, maybe, maybe he's black. Like that. He goes, no, 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 no. That character's black. That character's black. You, you must admit that that character is black. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, yeah, I guess. And I hadn't really worked out the backstory. Then I went and I tried to like work out a backstory. So to justify why he was this way, I wrote a movie and I was like, oh, his, his, his mother had, he was, he had white parents, but his mother had uh, married a black man and the uh-huh. black man had raised him. So that was why I tried so many different ways to, to <laughs> keep this thing that gave me so much power. You know what I mean? That I, that like made me feel so confident, yeah. you know, and I tried and I tried to like keep it, um, to make it okay. Right. And then, and, you know... And to justify to it. To justify it. Right. And then eventually... You had to come clean on Whale Cave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to come clean on Whale Cave, and here I am. So six people in Poland are going to be like, oh... Are you big in Poland Huge, now? yeah. <laughs> I got six. La-da-da-da-da. That's fascinating. I guess I never thought about it like that. I guess I always thought that the reverend was was intentionally ripping off... A Baptist preacher. That's right. That was the thing. So it's not as if, in my mind, it was racist. It was just he was kind of um, a fraud. Right. And so it it wasn't you weren't being a black man. You were basically being Elvis. Oh, and then I'll start doing it again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was being what, Elvis? Yeah, you're being Elvis. When you guys see pictures of, uh, you see like pictures of Elvis at a restaurant, are you kind of like... Hey, Elvis was a racist. That's maybe not so cool to have pictures of Elvis. I don't go to a lot of restaurants with Elvis. Oh. <laughs> in the, like you just on like the menu? No, like I was at a restaurant the other day in Burbank. and There's a picture of Elvis? There's a picture of Elvis. And I was like, gee, I wonder, I wonder how that makes everybody feel. What restaurant had a picture of Elvis? Oh, I was at Rabano's. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, can I go back to karaoke for a second? Yeah, yeah, please. I know, please. You, and I know you want to talk about The Reverend, but and I, and I love No, I don't. I'm done. I said what I wanted to say about it. But when you, okay, I guess I'm, I went with you once. Yeah. And we were in Queens. Yeah. And we were in a really shitty bar. And there were like six women there. Yeah. We talked about this recently and you were like, I don't really remember that. But there were six women there who were pretty drunk and they were like, hey, or whoever you were. I don't Remember know if you I called was, yourself yeah. the reverend. But they were, they were really into what you were doing. Was that a typical experience that there were like, you know, a couple of like random 45-year-old drunks? I who mean, were like super, And you loved it. That was the thing. That's what, I think yeah, you're really why, good at that. I you're mean, good my, at like, Mikey, like that, those people like, like uh, Parliament would have freaked me out as an 11-year-old. Like the... Like, that would have freaked me out. Mike Biden used to say, uh, he's like, once he got a girlfriend, he was like, what's the point of going on stage anymore? He's like, that was why I went on stage, to to meet girls. I mean, and I don't feel that way. I get a lot out of going on stage. But, but just, yeah, to some degree, th- yeah, that's like, that's everything. Like, yeah, that's that's why I did it. Right. I'll admit that. Like, yeah, you want to you wanna talk to girls. You want to, you're 22, and there's a... F- there's a group of 40-year-old women there. <laughs> right. And you're like, yes, I definitely want their attention. Without question. Right. I mean, who, who wouldn't like that? I mean, maybe you wouldn't. But other than you, I'm saying... No, 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 no. It wasn't that they were women. It just seemed like they weren't women that we were generally, like... Going. I like I like all women, you know. I mean, I'm into all women, Matt. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you, man. Listen, I've, I look, now I've come down on the pregnant farters... <laughs> I don't think you're drunks. coming down on women. I know. No, I know what you're saying, but yeah, I, 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 I don't remember these six women, but I do remember like you know times on stage when you know afterwards there are girls around. Sure, of course, it's fucking awesome. No, without question. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not debating that. It's really good. That benefit of comedy. I mean, no. it's pretty awesome. No doubt. That's sure. <laughs> we have covered. Yes, we're in agreement on that. On that. Good. I was more thinking, you walk into a, a bar, there's like a 48-year-old woman who's, you know, and at the time we were, what, 26, and she's pretty drunk and wants to sing, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Uptown Girl or something. I just mm-hmm. thought, thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. It seemed, there's a disconnect Did there you that sing that night? Funny. I don't remember. I know. I think I probably read... Uh, Harper's in the back. You were reading a magazine in the back? I was probably reading Harper's. I used to love when you would come and, and just be a part of anything I was doing. I always I used to love that. You know, even if you would like come out to dinner with my mother or... Because <laughs> I never had a friend like you in, in high school or college. A Jewish friend? I had lots of Jewish friends. Mm-hmm. But they, were, they, weren't, they weren't funny and they were just kind of like annoying. But it was always and fun. Was both for it was you. always fun to watch you take in, you know, whatever I had grown up with. Or sure, it was really cool. I love it. We did some musical bits together, didn't we? We did a couple musical bits. What were our musical bits? We I can't remember. Sang we sang "Girl from Ipanema." We used to sing the "Girl Where from I would Ipanema." Sing gibberish Portuguese. That's right. I would. That's do... racist too. If you want to really break down racism, to Portuguese. Do you think the... so? You look Portuguese though. <laughs> You that's, can that's you could play a Spanish dude. Didn't you get cast in a gum commercial for like Spanish? I got TV? passed in a Spanish a Spanish dog food commercial. Yeah, and they flew me to Madrid. Yeah, you look, and I still you, don't know why. You play, you could play Latin. You're I, from that part of the world. I'm, I'm well. You're European Spanish. I have right? some Eastern say, European in me. Yeah. Well, a little part of the world close by. It's the same continent. Close yeah, by. It is. Yeah. Yes. But this isn't about me. Are you? Do you feel okay about now that you've talked about the racism? Do you feel better about it? 
I do. I feel like there's. Would you a, do it again? I mean, not 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 unless I had like somebody explaining it to me why it was okay. That's like, why I'm here. yeah. That's why like if here. Jerry, if Jerry, Jerry, if Jerry was like, look, here's a way you could do it, and you know, or if it could be a part of something, if it had a reason to be, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But the way I was doing it, I it wasn't right. What about the homeless guy that used to read street news? Do you feel bad about that? <laughs> he was he wasn't black. He no, was, I know he was white. But did you feel like that was <laughs> was that was that offensive to homeless people? That's an interesting question. Why do all your characters have to have race? Why can't they just be? People? Well, he asked me if it was racist or not. No, no, not if it was racist. Well, it was... You, why can't your characters just be people? <laughs> well, all characters have to have a race, right, Matt? I mean, don't they? All characters must have a race unless they just exist in the air. Jerry's don't. Jerry's are all... Of course they do. Of course they do. Well, I'm Meisner, my friend. We write backstories. Nash studied with Ron Stetson. I already studied with Ron Stetson. But... Um, no, that's a great question. What was the homeless guy? The homeless guy. Oh, that was a great bit. You came on and you read. I would do street news gossip, right? You do street news gossip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were a homeless guy. That was a good bit. It had at least a couple of hard laughs. A couple. My right. mo- that was one of the first shows my it? mom saw us do. She came to New York and she was wanted to see our show. Yeah. And she came and there were like 12 people there. And that was like the first time you did that bit. <laughs> and you were dressed in a garbage bag yelling. <laughs> so it was, you were basically like, it was I'm really not, funny. I'm not a trained comedian. I'm just a, more of a yelling comedian. But I guess that's why it's interesting that the, that the reverend bothered you because it never. Wait, can I, can I remember one joke? It used to be. Uh, sure. Oh God! What were the jokes? Oh, I know. These two were canoodling outside the Lincoln Tunnel the other night. Hey, you two, get a refrigerator box. Yeah. That was the big laugh. Yeah, that was the big homeless street. It was homeless yeah. gossip. Yeah. It was gossip, Matt, about homeless people. Matt gets it. <laughs> Matt's old nodding. bits. You need to have a, sh- a bit on this show. It's just called Old Bits. That'd be a good podcast. Old, old bits. bits. Um, uh, this is a good joke. But that didn't bother you. Like, that. looking back, that doesn't bother you. Making fun you. of homeless people? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I probably, probably wouldn't do that now. Interesting. Hey, you guys used to do this thing, um, fuck you on my robe. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry. Was the, were those black people that were, uh... No, those were white people. Those were us. We were playing ourselves. Okay. We were playing hear, Matt, Jason, Jason Jerry, and Mike. Yeah. 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 We used to do a great song called Fuck You in My Robe. What about Which this question? I wrote, I wrote that. I came up with the idea. No, we all know you wrote No, no, no. I came up with the idea. Mike came up with the track. Matt did very little. Very little. I like Sweet in a Row. But he did, he did perform, perform it very well. <laughs> I didn't write that bit. Let me ask you this question. I used to do Leroy Tennant now that we're on this weird racist Oh, yeah. You used bit. to do that. That was kind of racist. But it really wasn't because it was a puppet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was like doing like fucking Sam. But he was a black puppet. That's right. Who was married to Lamb Chop. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and he, he talked a lot about racism in the public community. Do his community. voice. His voice was like this, was right? Low, yeah. Leroy like, Tenenbaum. Yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. Something like that? Something like that, yeah. It's funny when you perform. I can only do Dave Matthews. I can't get into that character, too. I do one character a show. Okay. But it's funny when you, you're around people who... You're around people's characters. You, you get to do them really well. Because mm-hmm. I know you can do... Whatever I was doing. Sure. Old white beard. I can whip out any of them. Shaman. (laughs) Shaman. Well, folks, you've been listening to Character Talk on NPR. Is this not what you wanted this This to be? I'm so sorry. No, look. I mean, I can. Do you want me to talk about music a little bit more? No, this is great.
You can talk about Justin Bieber. <laughs> but you said not Bieber's to do it. got a new top. tattoo. No, this is great. You want to talk about our friendship? Nope. Okay. No. I feel I'd, strongly I'd love, about it. I'd love to talk about that. We can that. talk about that. That's a guy's with feelings you, topic. Wish I could see you more. That's a guy, <laughs> These are all guys with feelings <laughs> topics. By the way, before we sign off with Jason here, mm-hmm. Guys with Feelings is his podcast. Yeah. Listen to it. Is there anything else you'd like me to mention? Look for my movie with that you're in and Jerry's in. Jerry, yes. It'll be out this year. I'm, we were on a scene together, the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are in a bunch on of scenes. On some guy's uh, sweet Matt, uh, you're basketball in, you're court. in three, four scenes. Jerry's in three, four I'm scenes. I'm just in three, four scenes? You're like in like, cut out? You're in like four scenes. You're like in more than, you're like, Sheesh. you're in the most scenes out of anybody other than me. Better be over the title. Huh? Uh, Jason Ash's Married is his web series. You're in more scenes than that, actually. You're in. I want to be in seven. I want to be in seven scenes. You're in. You're in a lot of scenes. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Jason Nash's Married is his web series. Guys it's feelings. a movie. It's a movie. But it's, dude. I'm sorry. It's a movie. I'm sorry. But oh, it no. It was man. web series though. Before that. Sat the light <laughs> in my arms like a diamond in We're gonna the sign sky. off. Do you have any more uh, racist characters that you want to apologize <laughs> for? Can we sign off here? Can we do a quick impression off? Can we do like? Can we do ten impressions really quick? <laughs> no. Can we you can't. do Billy Joel? Right, I, let me just ask you who you can do. Can I, you do Neil I, Diamond? To be honest, I'm not good with impressions. You are good, <laughs> and you know that. But here's the thing: you're not. I don't. I'm not. I don't think you're great with impressions. I can do good. They might be giants. You're good with singing impressions, though. I'm you're pretty good. great with I'm singing okay. impressions. I'm okay at that. And I'm better at singing impressions too. Well, do they might be giants? Oh, man, come on! The audience wants to hear it. I, it's like when you put people on the spot. I'm your good. little friend. I'm not sure. I don't know the song, but right. Goes like, uh, this is when the party. See, it's not good. <laughs> it is good. It's not good. Come on. Good. I'm gonna sign off. You can now. cut this out. Yo, this is all coming out. <sighs> it's coming out after. Um, I said, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's my friend Jason Nash. No, it's not. All right, Nash. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, I'm gonna thank some people and sign off here. All right. Folks, that was the first Whale Cave of 2013. I want to give a big thanks to Jerry Miner, Jason Nash, Matt Belknap. This song, this song is called Better Things. Sharon Jones, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Please download their stuff. And also follow me on Twitter at Whale Cave or email me at Matt at WhaleCave.com. If you have a good story, if you want to talk maybe about my workout mix, please email me. I'll email you back. Seriously, I will. I will. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm a better woman than I have been. Cause I don't think about way back when. It takes two to love, but only one to leave. It was you who did.